You guys, I'm back and I'm so excited to be back. Thank you for tuning in to my first episode back after the whole month of August, taking it off just to regroup, de-stress, spend time with Delaney, hang out up north. We just did all the things. And you know, I wasn't going to take this month off. My podcast manager, Brittany, at the end of July was saying to me, can you open up some more spots for some interviews for your podcast? And I don't know what happened when she said that to me, but I just like felt (laughs) the trigger to say, you know what? Nope, I'm not opening up anything more. In fact, I'm done. I'm going to take the month off. I just knew deep in my soul that I needed some time. And you know, this is one of the first times that I've probably done that in my business, this business that I've had for the last eight years. And some people might hear that and think, oh my gosh, she hasn't taken any time off in eight years. And that's not what I'm saying. I've definitely had weeks of vacation. I've definitely taken trips and weekends away. But in a business like this, there is a period of time that you really need to stay determined, consistent, eye on the prize. Some people might even call it obsessed. In fact, I was with a group of people this summer, this August, and I overheard someone say, yeah, those coaches are obsessed. And here's what I have to say about that. I was obsessed with changing my life. I was obsessed with getting out of a career I didn't like. I was obsessed with waking up in the morning and not having to rush around and hustle my family and leave at a certain time. I was obsessed with not having to work nights anymore. So yeah, I was obsessed. I was 100% and proud to say I was so determined and obsessed with creating this business because I knew it was taking me to a place that I was creating a life that I desired and deserved. So that created a situation where I had to work on days that you might be taking a break. I had to take my laptop to St. Martin and still do coaching calls while I'm there. I had to, you know, do some do some work while on a vacation where everyone else had their phones turned off. And I will never begrudge that at all because it got me to where I wanted to be. And that's the beauty of this type of business that I'm in. I created this vision. And I knew that what I needed to get there was the belief that I could do it. That's actually most important. The belief that I could do it and the growth in myself to make me the person that deserved to have that life that I was envisioning. Envisioning, And I also had to take the action. I just had to take the action, which meant there was some imbalance sometime. Sometimes there was, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, you know, deny that I did that. However, here we are eight years later, and I am more than able to take a month where the gas pedal was like the foot was off the gas pedal. I certainly did the things that I had to do in my business, but nothing extra. And you know what the amazing thing is? I hit two massive benchmarks in my business like 
huge benchmarks in my business while taking the gas off, while taking the foot off the gas pedal. And that is an accumulation of the work I have done, the consistency, the hustle. I know you hate that word, but I'm telling you, sometimes you got to do that when you have big dreams. All of that compounded to take me to where I am now. And now I was able to do that. It was a beautiful month. I did so much self-reflection. I grew in so many ways. I worked on my schoolwork and I was able to really dig into that. I read some books, took some time away. And, you know, as they say, you know, when you take some time away from what you're super focused on, you come back even more focused. And I feel that that's exactly what's happened. Anyways, all that being said, I'm excited to be back on air. The podcast is going to be full of such incredible guests. I am so excited. My calendar is chocked full with interviews. I've got lots that I did throughout the month of July and August to still share with you. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. I am so excited. And this is why I wanted to start September with this podcast with Millie Fox. If you have not been following Millie Fox on Instagram, you are missing out and you need to go do that as soon as we finish this episode. She is the manifesting queen and she is such a joy. You know, she told me in this interview that she feels like she's a blend of Brené Brown and Gabby Bernstein and I actually agree with her 100%. We had such a great conversation. You are going to love this. If you have some dreams and hopes and desires, Millie is going to help you see what you need to do to actually get closer to those. I hope you enjoy this, you guys. I hope you will tag both of us on Instagram. Tell us what you thought of this and definitely tell us what you're going to implement from what you learned from Millie here today. This is going to be great, you guys. We're going to end 2022 really, really strong, and I hope you're going to do it with me. Alignment with me, your host, Michelle File. Not too many years ago, I was far from feeling aligned in my life. I was stressed out, 80 pounds overweight, insecure, and happy, but really unhappy, if that makes sense. Life was happening to me instead of me creating the life I desired. In one small twist of fate, almost eight years ago, after a 20-year career as a top 100 Aveda salon and spa owner, I completely changed the trajectory of my life. On my way to rising to the top of my network marketing company, I completely changed my mindset, spirituality, health, and finances. And this is where I get to share it all with you. I hope to bring you guests, experiences, insights, and conversations that will help you elevate your life too. Creating a holistic approach to success is my goal. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Total Inlinement. And I have another awesome, awesome guest today. You guys know that I try and find guests to come on the show that are just going to 
enlighten us and empower us. And I know that this woman is Millie Fox. If you are not following Millie on Instagram, you need to, because she's just got so much energy and that's exactly why I wanted to have her on the show. Welcome Millie. And I would love for you just to introduce yourself and share with us what you do. What are you doing on Instagram? What are you doing every day? Hey, hey, yes. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Um, okay. So I am manifestation Millie as one of my, you know, alter egos, I suppose. I also have money bags, Millie, but that's a, <laughs> a different topic. I, guess. I love that one. Um, so uh, what I do is I make manifestation accessible. I specifically teach it to moms and people pleasers and perfectionists. So oftentimes moms are people pleasers and perfectionists. So that is the person that I cater to the most because I want to bring manifestation down to earth a little bit and make it something that people can just integrate into their lifestyle as a way of being rather than all of these rituals and fancy routines and like feeling pressure to journal for two hours every day and have these, you know, vision board parties. And like, it's just this whole next thing that we have to add to our to-do list and, and nobody needs that right like no mom needs to feel pressure that they need to do more um so I teach you how to manifest as a way of being and how to just shift the way you view life like have it be a mind a complete mindset shift the way you view manifestation because it's like we were talking about before we got on here you are manifesting all the time it's a matter of are you doing it consciously and intentionally intentionally or not so it's bringing that intention to it without the pressure. Love it. I love this so much because my purpose in life is to bring health and wellness to moms and simplify it. Like this actually yeah. doesn't have to be that difficult, you guys. And mm-hmm. I love that you're taking that same thought process for manifestation because I believe and know now, I didn't know this years ago, but I know that we're always manifesting, you know, whatever's showing up in your life, you've brought that on. And I love how you really take it and make it so simple. So first question, I would just love to know, I'm curious myself, how did you get into this? Like how, how did manifestation become this passion for you? Well, I had a very bumpy journey myself in my you know, formative years, let's just put it a spicy childhood. Let's just call it that, right? <laughs> that so, best. I love it. Lots of chaos and it was not very pleasant, let's just say. And so um growing up, I was always I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to f- find a way. I really wanted to become a psychologist, is what I had said since I was like seven years old. <laughs> and I went into psychology, actually, my full plan was to get my PhD and do the whole thing. And when I was in university, I really just felt it was so far removed from real human experience. Mm -hmm. So I was obsessed with self-help and my dad always was sort of introducing me to different people. My dad has always really been into like spirituality and self-help and stuff like that. So he's the one who introduced me to manifestation um, probably at a younger age than I even realized because he, you know, was reading the power of positive thinking and like, you know, all those books that were published 
very long time ago. Um, and he introduced me to, you know, Abraham Hicks and, and people like that. So going through this journey myself, I, I didn't really put the two and two together until, um, a, not a later age, but until I got to a point in my own journey, right. A point of recovery in my own journey, where I, I realized that that spirituality and that sort of woo woo manifestation and whatnot really is psychology, right. It, it really is the same thing. And, and when I saw that I couldn't unsee it. Right. And so I was moving into life coaching, which is because I really wanted to always be technically some kind of a, a coach. Like I view therapy and coaching. So I, you know, it's in the spectrum. It's not the same thing, but it's in the spectrum. But what I loved most about coaching is that it's just so focused on the future, right? It's just so focused on possibility and what, what can happen instead of, you know, always focusing on what did happen. Right. Which there is value in that. And I will not say that I haven't had my own fair share of therapy. Right. But I niched in manifestation. I didn't see it at first. Right. Like I said, but I was working with a business coach and she said to me, like, well, you teach manifestation. Why don't you just like, why don't you make that the main thing? And I, at first I was resistant to it, to be honest with you, because I was like, well, it's not deep enough, you know, like, it's not. And then when I started to think about it, I was like, actually, it is quite deep. I'm just judging the perception I believe that exists about it from the outside. And I was worried that people wouldn't think that I was deep enough or people wouldn't think that I was serious or people wouldn't take me seriously. Right. So once I was able to recognize that was just a limiting belief I was holding about manifestation that I could really dive into all the topics I was truly most passionate about, which is, you know, self-love and self-worth and self-trust and belief and all that kind of work that is so integral to creating a life that we love intentionally. I was like, oh yes. Okay. This is the thing, right? And this is the perfect way to go about it because sometimes that other stuff that I'm like self-worth and self-love that can feel daunting for people. Yeah. But yeah. when you approach it from a manifestation standpoint it feels a little more playful and exciting right it feels like shiny and fun and magical which it is so I I always say in my bios and whatnot that I'm kind of like Gabby Bernstein mixed with Brene Brown so I bring these two worlds together this like wholehearted living and looking at the stuff that's getting in the way like shame and judgment and all of this stuff uh, mixed with that fun magical miracles I love that I love how you've you describe yourself like that because that really is it right we can't manifest what we want in our life if we're stuck in shame and blame and judgment of ourselves. I mean, baseline, it's, well, I'm going to let you describe it. Simple explanation. What is in, because I know you make things so simple. What is manifestation? Well, I've, I've really distilled it into two steps, (laughs) two, two prerequisites. You need to have clarity and you need to have belief. Okay. It doesn't matter what we're manifesting it always needs clarity first 
and then belief. And belief is contingent on quite a few things, right? Like, so belief is contingent on your ability to believe you're worthy of something, right? Belief is contingent upon trust, trust in the universe, trust in yourself. Um, and so clarity also is it's contingent upon permission. And I think that permission is one of the things that women really have a hard time giving themselves um, from a lack of worthiness, right, too. But then also because we are programmed to put everyone else in front of us. We're, we're programmed to put ourselves last. And so we don't feel like we are allowed to want certain things. Or we have all these, you know, limiting beliefs around what it means to want more and what, what that's going to look like for our family. Like a, a huge one that I see, because um, I work with entrepreneurs a lot, is that if they achieve their dreams, it means they're going to be a bad mom, yeah. right? If they work more, or it doesn't even mean that they're going to work more, but they just, they're worried that if they achieve a certain level of success, it's going to take away from their relationships with their family and they feel too guilty about it but it's it's just a mindset thing really because you get to decide how it all looks you get to decide how it all looks so that clarity has to come first to some level you're not going to get crystal clear on every single thing you want in one you know journaling session and then never have that change, right? Clarity is always evolving. And that's the beauty of the world, right? And as we live in what Abraham Hicks calls the contrast, we decide more clearly what we want and what we don't want. We see something we don't like, our desire, the rocket of desire for what we do want gets shot off. So we have to first give ourselves permission to get clear. And then we need to work on our belief around it. And this was my biggest hangup in the manifestation community. And what I sought to come and do differently was that that I felt like I was left hanging with the belief portion. It's like, oh, just, you know, believe it. Just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. snap your fingers and say some affirmations and get your belief behind it. And, and I was kind of like, that's not so easy. <laughs> Like, can you give me more here? Can you, can you help me out? (laughs) And and I didn't find anything that was, that was helping people specifically in this space, right? Like you can go off and find this stuff on your own in different self-help spaces, but it wasn't being taught in the manifestation world. So that's the space that I teach from is how can you increase your self-worth? It's not just this big fluffy concept I've always had a problem with these big fluffy concepts that get thrown around, right? It's like, but how? And and then the other thing is in the manifestation world, they say, don't worry about the how, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So then you're like, well, I'm doing, I, I'm not getting this, you know, I'm doing something wrong here. Like I, 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 I don't believe it, but then I need the how, but then I can't ask the how because then I'm not trusting. And then you like go down this big spiral of, well, I'm, I, how do I, I, I'm doing this wrong. Like what, yeah. what do I do? What do I do? And then you just I, try to force it. Yes. You get I totally it. agree. I totally yeah. agree. I feel like I've spent 
I've been in this space like for eight years. So I've spent a lot of time reading all the books mm-hmm. and now I'm going back to the books that I read at first. And they're finally making sense because I remember at first, like, this is bullshit, but everybody keeps telling me to read these books. And, and I would get so confused, just exactly what you said. Okay. But I'm supposed to do this, but I'm not supposed to do this. And it was just so confusing. So how do you simplify that for women? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you make it an easier process to understand, especially if someone's just coming into this, you know, they finally allowing themselves to be like, okay, this isn't wild and weird. I'm gonna, you know, everyone's talking about this. I want to really dig in. How do you simplify it for them? Well, in, I have a main program, which includes everything. So it's membership style. I call it the master of manifestation community, mom community for short. Uh, So it's my signature program, which is an eight lesson program. And I've really made it as simple as possible. I actually just finished re-recording all of the lessons into like condensed lessons. So they're all around 10 minutes. So there's two to three, 10 minute videos per lesson. Cause I know what it's like to have these, you know, daunting lessons in front of you and, and feel like you can't accomplish anything. You just want to finish a task. You know, I'm just going to veer off for one second here. Do you ever have your partner come in and go, Oh, well, let, let me finish that. You go be with the kids. And I, I usually say, thank you so much, but I really want the satisfaction of finishing a task. I really oh my gosh. Desire. I don't know if it's just like, our personalities, but I am so much like that. And in my previous career, I was a hairstylist. So my jobs were always done, you know, half an hour, three hours. When I left the salon, my day was done, like full, Mm -hmm. fully done. And now in my career, nothing is ever done. It's been such a, oh, it has been such a journey for me to get okay with just like closing it up for the day you get to go now be a mom and be done work when there's stuff still left to do so I totally agree with you 10 minutes like that's kind of my attention span actually Yeah. And it's not just us too, right? It's just the way the world is going where the videos have to be shorter and shorter and get more just straight to the point, right? So it's eight lessons and the philosophy behind the course really is about embodying like your truest identity and learning how to tap into, you know, your I'm going to air quotes next level, but I also call that like your truest self, Um, and how to do that in a way that allows you to feel authentic and also how to, you know, get over those speed bumps that you're inevitably going to encounter along your manifestation journey. So the original questions that I based the course off of now there's eight lessons, but there's five questions I based the course off of were, who are you? What do you want? What do you need to do? Um, what's getting in the way and what to do if you get off track. Mm-hmm. So I came up with these five questions when I initially started creating programs and everything I've done since that point has been based on these questions because I realized that that's kind of, those are all the things you really need to answer, right? 
You need to have that backup plan. You need to have the identity is just so important. And that, that is one thing that I know women really need to tap into more is their, is their true identity because we get so separated from that at several different points in our life. Yes, definitely through becoming mothers, but even before that, you know, like I went into a, an identity crisis before I had kids just becoming an adult, you know, like, who am I now? Am I supposed to be? I'm done university, like, step into this adult role. What, what am I supposed to dress like and look like and all that kind of stuff. So it's this really beautiful journey that's held inside of a container of, you know, unconditionally supportive, like-minded women. Um, so we meet weekly and you, the course is self-paced, but then that that's the main course. But then I also have Worthy AF, which was a course that I made complete, sep- completely separately from the main course. Cause I just realized that people really needed that women really needed that. And so I broke worthiness down into these six pillars because again, the fluffy concepts, people need something to wrap their minds around, right? It's like, okay, well, how can I become worthy? How can I feel worthy? Like some days I feel worthy, some days I don't. So it's almost like a checklist in a sense that we can refer back to. And once you've gone through the course, you know, you know, the things in each of the pillars that you can actually do. So it's actionable steps. Um, and I, I, I actually, I'd be more than happy to share the six pillars too, because then it will help people. Yeah. I would love that because I think that's like, I'm hearing all of this. And I think because Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of this work, I'm understanding, but Mm -hmm. when I take myself back to really the beginning I, I did not know who I was. And I was like in my forties, but I did not know who I was. Uh, My whole personality was made up of what my parents Mm. wanted me to be. What happened when I first got like, just all those things. So it takes a lot of unraveling to an awareness. I think the first step is being, allowing yourself to go inside. Think moms, women, we love to just like put all those barricades up so we don't have to actually go deep and go ask ourselves those beautiful questions. So I would love if you wouldn't mind sharing those pillars. I think that would be so helpful. Of course. Yeah, totally. Um, So the six pillars are number one, build self-trust. This is something I believe is so underrated and so um, under talked about. People don't understand the power of self-trust. So I go deep into that. Um, And number two is to employ self-compassion. Self-compassion is one of the greatest tools that we can learn. There's actually an entire, uh, what do I want to call it? Like there's so much research about self-compassion and how it's actually more reliable and more effective to work on self-compassion than it is to work on confidence. Yeah. I could not agree more. I have just been down that road the last six months with myself. Yeah. Something about myself that comes up a lot. I don't love it about my personality, but about six months ago, I decided, you know what? It's just me. It is just part of me. And it's what makes me amazing. 
And I'm, I work on it. It's better than it used to be. It doesn't take me down for days, but it's kind of just one of those little quirks of my personality that I'm going to start loving instead of loathing. Yeah. So that's self-compassion is what we employ when we are use when we're down the road of self-acceptance. And that's actually one of the other pillars. So number three is to create healthy boundaries and release codependency. So codependency is a, a really misunderstood, but it's so like pervasive. And I'll just give you a quick summary. Codependency is whenever you're taking on responsibility for someone else's emotions or experience, which is women all the time. Say, like that emotional me. labor. A lot of that is codependency. And of course, with our children, like, you know, that is a huge part of our job, but it's how much we let it affect us how much we let it affect our identity, our experience, because we're always trying to make sure everyone else is happy and everyone else is having good experiences and that everyone else thinks we're good. You know, we're trying to control other people's perceptions of us. And and so really creating boundaries for yourself, internal boundaries, you know, external boundaries, spiritual, emotional boundaries. Like there's just all sorts of different things and and learning about boundaries is the first place to start with that. Um, And then the fourth was arrive at self-acceptance and renounce perfectionism. And I love to talk about perfectionism because I call myself a recovering perfectionist, um, AKA the queen of good enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Love that. And and I think that most people, um, also they see perfectionism as like some, either something you have or you don't have, but I view it as a a spectrum because sometimes people will have perfectionist tendencies in one area of life and not in another area of life. Right. And perfectionism is really a coping mechanism. So I, I love to dive into perfectionism pretty in a pretty deep way. And then number five is embrace authenticity And number six is to choose faith over fear. So the pillars themselves, they still feel kind of fluffy when you hear them out loud. But when we dive deep into each of them, it's about giving you, okay, well, these are the steps you can take. When you encounter this, this is the choice you want to make instead of just being reactive, right? We want to have a response rather than a reaction. I was just reading um, a Brene Brown post that she put up a little while ago saying she was taking like the entire summer off like full sabbatical and how she is prying open the space in between the stimulus and the response right like that pause that sacred pause moment uh, and so that is what we're working on here right exactly. we're working on what do you do in that space yeah in that gap in that I love that in that pause it's so it's so hard for women to get there and allow themselves to open themselves up to those six pillars. Those six pillars are amazing. I mean, that is the baseline bringing it back to me. I mean, obviously, you know, this. you created the courses, but that's the the baseline of then (laughs) being able to feel into manifestation, feel into the belief that you need to have to be able to manifest these big or small things that you want in your life. 
Yeah, that really is the place to start. And so that's why I created Worthy AF. And it's also a bonus course inside of the mom community. So you get access to both, which I just felt is it's really integral to the whole process. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I have one question about mm-hmm. specifically about manifestation. Do yeah. you think that people, we know people can manifest amazing things in their life. Do you think that people are manifesting not so great things happening in their life? Like, do you think that we have that type of control as well? I do. I don't think you can say it can only go one way. I, and, and that's a big like moral issue when, with, with manifestation that people have, because, you know, no one's asking for these negative experiences and it's not about asking for them really, because if we were that powerful to just ask for something and it would show up, like we, it would be ca- pure chaos. Right. <laughs> what I do believe, um, that negative experiences are not necessarily individually manifested and this is the way I reconcile it in my brain because I believe that we we manifest collectively as a group because we are all connected right so you know you'll have things manifesting um, within a country or within a continent or whatever um, or globally right because there is that much energy getting put out it's not about what one person deserves or doesn't deserve it's never about deserving right it, it's just about mirroring like that the energy gets gets mirrored and I also do believe that we we have to repeat things until we learn from them so we can move on and and so it's these collective manifestations that happen um, and maybe they land on one individual, mm-hmm. you know, rather than another. And, and there's always going to be that certain element of mystery. Like we can't, we can't say why the bad things happen. Right. I just think that it is more than just one person bringing it on themselves, you know, because especially when you have violence, for example, like somebody inflicting violence onto another that's more than one person is involved in that, you know? So it's not just, oh, I called you're, it's not, to me, it's really not victim blaming. I don't get behind that. To me, it's something more going on there than we can just paint with a, you know, black and white and saying, well, this is exactly why this happened. And I don't think we have that capacity as humans to fathom, to even fathom, you know, the yeah. big picture behind everything. I agree. There's a collective energy that creates these things in the world. <laughs> and I was selfishly thinking about this in a shower. I was like, did I manifest COVID for my whole family? Like what is going on here? <laughs> maybe, maybe you did. And maybe you needed some rest or something. I don't know. That is the answer I came up with, you know, because uh, I mean, when you guys are hearing this, COVID's long gone out of my house, yeah. but at airtime, all three of us have COVID and it's interesting because it hit on the absolute worst week of our summer, meaning we had so many things that we were looking forward to this week. Mm -hmm. And this morning, Terry and I, I said, as sad as I am about missing our holidays, 
we need to rest. Like this was our wake up call. We need to rest so badly. And it's like, that's when I started thinking about this manifestation. I'm like, well, sometimes that's how it comes, right? It, your, your body has to rest. You have no choice. So well, like globally, I think we all needed to learn that lesson. I think we all needed to really take a, a moment to step back and really evaluate what was important to us. Right. And I think a lot of people did do that during the pandemic. And now that everything's kind of back to normal, people kind of snap back back into, well, this is what we were doing before. So let's get back to it. But maybe that's, you know, not going to work out. Well, exactly. Time will tell. Exactly. Yeah. So what is the coolest thing you've manifested? My favorite manifestation really was the condo that we lived in for four months in Miami. I remember watching you when you were there. That was so awesome. Yeah. And we're like, we're manifesting to go back. Right. But the clarity piece is missing for us right now. Mm -hmm. So that's why we haven't gone back, but that's a different story. So this one, um, we were discussing going for like a long time on and off. And then it kind of just came up. We're like, let's go, like, let's just go, but we need to find a place. And we were looking, 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 looking. And I said, you know, if we're not going to find a place that, that, seems right. Like we don't have to go, you know, we didn't even know how long we were going for. This was like extremely spontaneous and we didn't have, um, like return trip booked or anything. We just flew out. Um, didn't, didn't drive, didn't have our car, nothing like that. We really were just like, let's go. Like we had enough of the lockdowns and all that stuff. And we were just ready to do something differently. So um, didn't find a place. And I just knew there was just saying something inside of me that said the right place is just going to show up. It's just going to fall into our lap. Like, I just know it. This is the right time. It's meant to be, it's going to happen. And our friend who's a real estate agent was sending us places too, and nothing was aligning. Like I had this clear vision that I wanted it to be in the style of our decor. You know, like I wanted it to feel like our style and I wanted to open the door and see the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted to be able to open the door to the condo and see the ocean from the door. Like the first thing when you walk in, you know? And so my friend, our friend, who's a realtor, she said, you know, this place is not for rent, but I just sold this place to a friend of mine who lives in New York. And I'll, I'll see if she's open to renting it to you guys. So my husband showed me pictures of it. I was like, that's it. That's the one. That's it. Like all the furniture, you know, it's like from CB2 and all the most beautiful places that we love. And you open the door, which is the most stunning view, full ocean view right there, right on the beach. And, and it was at the bottom of our budget too, because everything we were looking at was like mediocre and hitting like the top of our budget. I was like, no, this is not going to work out. We were waiting on the, the right one to come in. And so when that came in, I was like, yep, there. Mm-hmm, thank you. I knew it. There it is. And I think the key to that one really was the non-attachment. I really was, I knew it. I knew what I wanted. I was firm about it. But at the same time, I was like, we don't have to go. Like, you know, like we, we could just not, it's fine too, but it would be fun. And we, we had that flexibility available. So 
that those manifestations are kind of the easiest, right? They are. Don't have the attachment. Mm -hmm. They come easy. You have the belief that they're going to happen, but it's not a big deal. Like inside, you're just like, oh, well, whatever. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. I've had so many of those in my life too. And and whenever you start forcing something, the feeling is the wrong feeling starts happening and it all unravels. So, so those are the trickiest things to, to, to overcome in manifestation, right? It's the releasing of attachment. And oftentimes the attachment exists because we are attaching our worth to the thing. Yes. And totally. that, honestly, that I'm just going to say, it just sometimes takes time to work through because you cannot flip switches and that just the pressure of trying to flip a switch to detach your worth from something. If you had your whole life build you up to this point where you've attached your worth to something, you're not just going to get over it in a couple weeks. Maybe some things like so, totally some things, once you bring awareness to it, they can poof up and disappear. Right. right. But it's different for everyone. Not like we are all different. We all have different stories. We all have different backgrounds, pathways, whatever. And that is why I started teaching manifestation the way I did, because I thought to myself sometimes, I wonder if I had had, you know, better parents. I don't want to say <laughs> if I had, had a better, more safe and secure childhood. If I would be a stronger manifester, you know, Right. I, I'm never that kind of person who thinks like, oh, poor me, whatever. I, I always have believed that I was meant to have the experiences that I had so that I could do what I do now. I always just had that feeling inside, but it's a process and it's learning your worth first, right? So that's why I teach worthiness the way that I do. We have to learn our worth before we can detach it from something else. Cause if you, if you're attaching it to things, right. Like you're, that's what you're kind of like propping your worthiness right. up on. Mm-hmm. And we need, we kind of need those it's coping mechanisms, right? It's like when I was young, I was a super overachiever. I got really good grades in school and I was propping my worth up with my grades because my teachers would give me attention and love and the things that I needed. So it's not bad. And I think that's one thing that I need everyone to know is that you're not bad for not believing. You're not bad for not having self-worth. You're not bad. Like, please, you are great and amazing and you are worthy and you're not bad for not knowing it. Okay. It's a process. It's a journey of remembering your worthiness and learning how to find it internally. Yeah. I love that we're kind of like wrapping up on this because as I told you before, there's a lot of women listening who are in network marketing Mm -hmm. and network marketing thrives on recognition and Mm -hmm. it actually attracts a lot of women and hand up. This was me that my, my natural instinct to be recognized and needed to be the top of the leaderboards and needed to be the, the top, top, top was just like, edged on even more. I didn't even really know that about myself until I got into network marketing and then realized, oh my gosh, my whole life, that is what I've been doing to try and get people's love 
is to be the top or to be the best or to be the top of the leaderboard. And it finally kind of all came crashing in that I realized I have no worth inside of myself unless I'm on these friggin' boards or doing the next top thing in the company. Like, I don't believe that I'm worthy unless that's happening. And I actually had to just like remove myself from all of that and take like two full years to work on exactly what you just shared, those six pillars, because my whole life was in misalignment and it made me realize that's all I've been doing my whole entire life. Like 45 years, I've been trying to be the best hairdresser with the most appointments booked or the, like I was always trying to be the top to get Mm -hmm. people's love through that type of recognition. Mm -hmm. And it's just not a healthy place to be. And it takes a long time to unravel it all. Yeah. And then when you do unravel it all, um, to still be able to accept the recognition and feel like it's still okay to accept the recognition, you know, like that's, that's the next step of the journey. Like it's okay. I'm allowed to enjoy this. It doesn't mean I'm basing my worth on it. It just means like, this is fun and it feels good. (laughs) That's where I am right now in that really weird space of, okay, so it's okay that I am excited about that. It's okay to celebrate that, but I'm still a great human, worthy human with it, with it or without it. Yeah. It's just a very interesting space. The journey. I remember doing self-worth work in the very beginning of when I started that part of my journey and, and writing down like, well, I'm worthy without this, or I'm worthy without that. And, and I'm a good person without this and thinking to myself, well, what's, what's left that makes me worthy if none of these things make me worthy. And I was like, well, it's just just me. Like, I don't have to do anything. And that made me feel really uncomfortable, actually. I was like, what what if I was just not happy? Or like, what, you know what I mean? What if I wasn't pleasant to be around? Would I still be worthy? You know what I mean? It's like, Yes, because you are inherently worthy. You were born worthy. Your soul is worthy. You are never going to be less worthy than anyone else. It doesn't matter how you show up. It just matters that you are. And that was a really hard concept for me to wrap my head around because I thought, well, if I'm not happy to be around, if I'm not pleasant as a, a person, like if I'm going through a hard time, who's going to determine that I am worthy. Like if people don't want to be around me, it's like, it's not up to anyone else. It's not up to anyone else to determine that you're worthy. It's just a being thing. Yeah. It's more that maybe it's, it's easier to wrap your head around that. It's not that you are, it's easier to wrap your head around that you are not, not worthy. You know, you are never not worthy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. And it is. I mean, I guess that's why manifestation is so difficult for people to get their heads wrapped around because this first piece that you have to have is so hard to to get your head wrapped around, you know, the worthiness and the, yeah. It's, oh. a, it's a comfort level, honestly, because when you feel, you have to feel the ability to just sit with uncomfortable emotion and, and honestly, as much uncomfortable emotion as we all feel in a day, we don't actually hold space for it. 
You know what I mean? And so it's funny because manifestation is all about teaching you how to do the positive side of things, but why I love Brene Brown so much. And I really have just studied her work like crazy and brought it into how I teach is she says, you can't selectively numb. And that's why that she's been sober for 26 years. And you know, I've, I've had my own journey with that side of things. I think we all have, you know, the wine moms and the, yeah. you know, the cannabis moms, it's all becoming more acceptable, yeah. uh, but it's a conversation that needs to be had because you can't selectively numb. And we're all constantly doing things to numb and run away from the discomfort because there is a lot. And part of the reason that there is a lot is because we don't have those boundaries and we take on more than we should. And we're taking on other people's stuff and we're people pleasing and we're perfectionist. So there's a lot of discomfort. So I can understand why people are running from it. Right. But when we work on all of these things together, we can start to open up that ability to sit with discomfort. And when we can and have that, they'll have those feelings in our body and know how to manage them. We also create more space to allow good and to be comfortable with receiving. There's a really great book I read recently that phrases this quite well. It's called The Big Leap Mm -hmm. um, by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about upper limit problems, how when things start getting good in our lives, we often do something to mess it up, whether it's subconsciously or not. And it's because we have this upper limit of how good we're we're, um, willing to allow ourselves to feel. Yeah. It's a very good book. It's a great, Yeah, it really is. And so it goes both ways, right? So we have to be able to sit with the discomfort when we're feeling that, well, like, how am I, how can I just be worthy? That makes me so uncomfortable. Like, how can I just accept this compliment and say, thank you, instead of self-deprecating or deflecting, you know, it starts with that. It does. It really does. What a great conversation. You're going to have to come back. This yeah. is a good one. This is a good one. Okay. Yeah, I know. Me too. I could talk about it for hours because it's it's not something that is normal for us to talk about. You know, we didn't grow up talking about this. We didn't grow up thinking about this. And it's the most important thing. I mean, this is what I want my daughter to think is normal, right? To 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 think about being worthy and why she is. I just think it's such an important message, not only for moms right now, but our kids. So they can kind of possibly have an easier run through this, that they are are not having to take two years to understand that they're worthy just because they are, you know, they, they don't have as much unraveling. Now in saying that they'll have their own stuff they have to unravel that we haven't considered, but, uh, it's just such an important conversation. And I just, I love, love, love your work and how you're helping moms specifically. I always ask everybody, what is, you already said one book, but do you have another book that is like your all-time favorite that you think every woman should read? Uh, well, the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown really is my, it has been my Bible because it really just, it covers so many of the areas. There's 10 guideposts in that book and mm, really, really made a huge impact. I can't tell you how many times I've been through it. 
Yeah, I love Brene. I just, for years and years before I even got into this space, I just was so attracted to her and how she spoke and explained things. And I mm-hmm. love how you're combining her work and philosophies with uh, everything that you do. Yeah. So on the back of that book too, was like, that if you, if you want to take that and go even like another level, there's a book called Existential Kink. And I know it sounds a little funny, but it's taking this imperfection and self-acceptance to a whole nother level. Like, let's make this fun that we're not perfect. You know what I mean? Like, let's rejoice in find the pleasure in our imperfection, which it's like, what, how can like, that's what, but there is. And that's why she calls it kink because it's like, there is that little part in you that enjoys something that you're getting out of something that maybe isn't actually helping you Right. You know, in right. your bigger plan, but there's like, it's called secondary gain. She doesn't, call, the, the author doesn't talk about it in such terms, but secondary gain is something that you're gaining, mm-hmm. like as an offshoot of, of a problem. Yeah. And that's often why we have these problems that we can't get past because there's something that we're actually get, getting out of having the problem that we're not willing to let go of, or mm-hmm. it's a mindset thing, or, you know, sometimes a weird little belief that's not true at all, but we perceive it, that there's a gain. So that's, that's the next level. I'm going to have to go grab my gifts of improvement. So it's in the back of the book, like the name no, of it. No, it's a whole next oh, book. It's a whole book. next book. It's called existential kink. And I, um, okay. I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the author right now, but um, I'm just going to remember kink. I'm yeah, gonna remember okay. That's awesome. And we'll find it and we'll put it in the show notes. For I'm sure. sure you will. I'm trying to Google it, but my internet is just so bad right now. It's okay. No worries. Okay. Tell everyone, Millie, how they can find you and uh, how they can connect with you. I know they're going to want to. So just come and find me on Instagram. Um, you can also go and listen to my podcast. It's on pause right now, but there are 44 episodes you can go and, you know, binge listen to. It's called The Millie Fox Show. At this moment, I will be rebranding it in a couple months, but um, yeah, I'm sure if you search Millie Fox, it's going to come up regardless, even if the name is different. So yeah, awesome, amazing, and go follow Millie on Instagram. I love seeing her reels. She just has the best energy. She will brighten your day. Thank you so much. This was so good. It just had so many tangible tips and you do what you say you're going to do is simplify this world of manifestation. So thank you so much for being here. It's my honor. Thank you for having me.